and so just go go into it blind. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. When is when has that ever gone bad for us in the past? A little. This one we should probably make a little bit short, like basically just do mock draft and referendum results. Do people want short though? Do they want long at this point in the off season? I think our listener base is. What do you mean? We have like at least five loyal followers. Yeah, they're, def- seen, they're definitely here right I've now. Seen the, I've seen the Spotify recap. Yeah, yeah, and then there was that one time last year where we all of a sudden in the course of a week had eight additional listens to every one of our previous episodes from a bunch of Germany folk. So yeah. Germany loves 20 Team Fantasy podcast. That's all <coughs> they think about. So uh, I'm not going to be able to cut out the coughs, though, Jason. <laughs> but all right, well, welcome into the podcast. I'm your host this time around, Jackson. I'm Eric. Jason. And guess who's back? Back again. Noodle's back. Go tell a friend. So, Christian will not be able to join us, uh, but we thought it'd be a fun idea to welcome everyone (laughs) back. We're about three weeks out from the draft. Uh, Maybe run a mock draft today, see where the players are standing. If you've done zero prep, like probably 90% of the league. Then you'll be in the same spot I will be in during this mock draft. But Eric, Jason, Josh, they've been fiending to, to give their takes. And so we'll jump right into this. I believe Jason has the first pick in our mock draft. Well, I guess the first of the humans. Josh, running an actual 20-person mock draft. It's a bit difficult. You know, a sleeper is not optimized for this. I have to scroll one way. Yeah, with Jonathan Taylor off the board here. I go Christian McCaffrey, and I feel comfortable with it. And Jason had the number two pick. Next up, we have <coughs> Josh at 11. It looks like Justin Jefferson was taken before Cooper Cup. That's a that's a hot take by Computer 6. That's a Hunter pick right there. <laughs> it's, it's not a normal one. I, I'm kind of in a, a rough spot, because like, I can get the next tier of like wide receivers, right? Like Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs. Or I can kind of go down a tier and get running backs like Swift, Chubb. That's really about it. I'm not getting Kamara. That, that dude's going to get suspended. So, man, I like Swift. He catches a lot of passes. Speaking of suspensions, do we want to talk about what happened today with Deshaun Watson or save that for later? You can probably bring that after the draft. Oh, okay. okay. fair enough. That could be our what the heck is going on here. Spoilers. All right, so while while we were talking, uh, Josh selected DeAndre Swift. You liked him a lot last year. Yeah, he was the only, you know, consistent running back that I had. He was the only consistent player I had. And so now I'm up at 15. Top players off the board, or on the board, it looks like, are Stephon Diggs, CeeDee Lamb, Tyreek Hill, Alvin Kamara. Um, Not a lot of consistency here. Except for Diggs, so I will I'll roll with Stefan Diggs in this situation. And that will take us to Eric at 19. Now are you going to follow through? That's the big question. This is tough. I, I don't know. They want me to, the ADP here for sleepers saying Tyreek Hill. I don't know how much I like that. Um, according to Fantasy Football Calculator, I should be taking Javante Williams. And that does sound <laughs> very enticing right now. 
You know, <laughs> some storylines never die from season to season. <laughs> when I go here, and I know, thinking of the computer, I could take Tyreek Hill and probably get Javante Williams on the turn. If I take Javante here, there's probably a good chance that Tyreek gets ta- taken. And after that, it's either like Josh Allen, Mark Andrews, Aaron Jones, or Debo. Um, so for that reason, I will probably take Tyreek Hill at 19. And which leaves me the ability to take Javante Williams on the turn. If you know anything about me, love Javante Williams. So I will take Javante Williams on the turn. And so now we see Mark Andrews goes two tight ends here in the first two rounds. Leonard Fournette is the top wide receiver or top running back out there. I really like Mike Evans. I've had him, I think, each of the last three or four years, either by drafting him or acquiring him through trades. But going double wide receiver is always a risky bet, especially in this league. Because if you don't take a running back in either of the first two rounds, you either end up missing the playoffs or you do what Mark does and find two starting running backs on the waiver wire. And I was going to say, Mark's made a career out of that. Yeah, Mark has made a career out of that. And you know what? Just because it's a mock draft and I like <laughs> Mike Evans, can't let him go here. We're going to take Mike Evans. It's a fair pick. Now that Tom Brady's back. Yep, and Godwin is out for the first six weeks at least. No, they took my boy. I wanted Zeke so bad. I wanted to reunite the boys for one more run. Yeah, you can see that, uh, let's see, Josh, you had DeAndre Swift and Ezekiel Elliott last year. At this point, we're all just kind of drafting similar rosters to last season. Hey, I didn't have McCaffrey. No, you didn't. I had McCaffrey, and that went miserably. Anyways. You know, there are some interesting players here. There's Kyle Pitts. You know, I'm not really enticed by that. No one is. There's Keenan Allen. He's kind of old. I like the beard, though. James Conner got a lot of volume last year, a lot of touchdowns. I don't know if it's going to happen again. So, hear me out, though. When When is the right time to take a quarterback? Right now, I'm taking Justin Herbert. That's a bold move, skipping over Patrick Mahomes straight to Justin Herbert. If we regress Mahomes to the mean, he's just an average quarterback. As they do say. Now, that brings it back to Jason, another four running backs being taken along with Mahomes. And yeah, so after uh, taking McCaffrey uh, in the first round, um, there are a lot of wide receivers to pick from here. There's Deontay Johnson, Terry McLaurin, Michael Pittman, Jalen Waddell, the list goes on. There's really only one like clear-cut running back available here. That's Antonio Gibson. Below that, you have Josh Jacobs' committee, um, J.K. Dobbins, might not be available to start the season. Uh, because of the depth of wide receivers here, I think I'm going to go Antonio Gibson. You're not <clears throat> afraid of uh, Brian Robinson taking some carries? I mean, I think Brian Robinson will get his own, but out of the running backs who are available there, I saw a clear tier, and especially at the turn, um, only one wide receiver went, Darren Waller went, um, so now I have my choice of Deontay Johnson, Terry McLaurin, Jalen Waddell. Uh, Deontay Johnson is in the middle of a hold-in right now. Uh, he's kind of sitting out practice, but once he gets back onto the field, whether or not he gets paid by Pittsburgh this year, I think he'll have a massive target share. I'm going Deontay Johnson. And just like that, you see Kittle go Dobbins, couple 
bunch of wide receivers in a row. Bunch. Absolute bunch. Yeah, that's, that, that definitely speaks to Jason's point where a lot of people, especially in the last couple of years, have tended to opt when and they have the higher picks in the draft lottery to go for those middle spots because you can get better value and you're not stuck with two picks right at the turn. But if you have that like three to five slot or that 16 to 18 slot and you play it right, you can make sure that you get the higher tier of one position. And as long as you have that awareness of that there's a bunch of wide receivers or a bunch of running backs of similar caliber that would come back to you no matter what happens, you can you, there, there's definitely value to be had there. You know, something I found interesting is Jerry Judy went off the board before Cortland Sutton. And a lot of reports are coming out that Cortland Sutton's building a nice rapport with Russell Wilson. You know, he's going to church with them. The issue with that is when Judy and Sutton were on the field at the same time last year, it was overwhelmingly Jerry and Judy. For those who aren't familiar, that. Two Denver Broncos wide right. receivers. Yeah, I mean, Cortland Sutton got his value when Judy was off the field, but you can read into offseason hype. Hey, man. I don't. Hey, I'm hey, all about the shirt boys. If you read into the fact that Cup was eating breakfast with Matthew Stafford oh, every yeah. morning. We got the breakfast club, we got the shirt club. Oh, I mean. It's fair. But with all that said, I feel like Josh Jacobs is just insane value at this spot. Like, the dude's going to get carries. Who is his competition? Zamir White, that's... He's not a real running back. Is Kenyon Drake still on the team? Kenyon Drake is still on the team, but they want to replace him with Samir White, is my understanding. Yeah, they paid Kenyon Drake, what, like seven, eight million dollars to come in to be the backup, and Josh Jacobs remained the starter last year. Yeah. They were not impressed. Yes. And just like that, you get Eliza Mitchell off the board. I was hoping he would fall, and it's back to my pick now. Uh at this point the top running backs are Wyatt Edwards, Alaire, AJ Dillon, Damien Harris, and Miles Sanders, none of whom are are great to say the least. Um, I definitely do need a running back at this point. You know you want to take another wide receiver. You know it. I really well not with really not with Metcalf or Marquise Brown out there. Um, there's definitely some questions here with who's uh, available at the wide receiver position. Tight end, you'd be. Reaching quite a bit, I think. And so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to select A.J. Dillon. I think the Packers have to rely on their two running backs this upcoming season. And so, roll with that. I think a lot of people forget A.J. Dillon had more rushing yards than Aaron Jones last year. I mean, and I think there's a reality where A.J. Dillon still has more rushing yards, but Aaron Jones is just a de facto wide receiver. Right. That is fair. Um... Was hoping to take a QB this time around. Joe Burrow got taken two picks before me along with DK Metcalf. Um, Sleepers tell me to take Cortland Sutton. I got to see here. The next available QB is Jalen Hurts. You know, Vegas loves Hurts. They have him as the number three QB right now. I mean, he has the rushing potential. That is for sure. And according to fantasy football... Okay, later. He's supposed to go a bit later. But, we'll see what we're going to do here. Um, out of running backs, which I need a second one of, um, top three remaining, Clyde, don't like his situation. Damian Harris, don't like his situation. I think I'm going to fall to the trap of taking Miles Sanders. I know it's a terrible idea. Why, though? I don't, I don't think it is. The, the problem with Jason is some uh, breaking news, but it's baseball, yeah, so we don't care. Yeah. yeah. 
thing is, he's just underperformed greatly. Um, I think that offense takes a, another step now that they have A.J. Brown. They can kind of do a two-wide receiver. There, there's going to be a lot more passing opportunities. Hopefully it leads to more rushing. Out of the running backs left, Clyde is Clyde did not have a good year last year. Damian Harris, he's a Patriots running back. We can have that There discussion. are no more de facto starters is the problem. Yeah, and I mean, Kenneth Walker, there's a lot of talk that Rashad Penny might be is probably going to be the wide receiver one or running back run. I'm running out of time here. I'm just going to go with Miles Sanders. You weren't afraid of Miles Sanders saying, do not draft me in fantasy? Yeah, I think that's just he doesn't want weaklings to draft him. That's that's the thing. I respect that. You know, you got to be a real loyal Miles Sanders fan. That is fair. Eric with the two backup running backs. It's two a backup strategy. <laughs> So, Eric, you've got Tyreek Hill, Javante Williams, and Miles Sanders. Uh, you've got the second pick of the fourth round here. Yeah, our wide receivers now. I have two running backs. I don't know if I need a third one for the same running backs. It's team 20 with the bold move. Zero running backs through the first four rounds. That's Mark right there. It is Mark. Mark could draft in the 20th spot. I, you could see this, yes. Here, with wide receiver, I'm looking at... Between Cortland Sutton, Marquise Brown, Brandon Cooks. I know Noodle loves Brandon Cooks here. Um, he has Davis Mills still throwing him the ball. Didn't Cortland. matter last year. That's fair. Cortland Sutton, um, I don't know how much I fall in love with him. Marquise Brown, I think, will have a lot of value within the first six weeks because DeAndre Hopkins is suspended. Um for that reason, I think I'm going to take Marquise Brown. I think he's going to get a lot of value. He'll probably turn into a wide receiver too, but he's still going to have that deep ball potential. Not something you should do in fantasy football, but he's something you could easily flip for a larger value down the road if he has a good, strong six weeks. Not that you should base trades for that, but for that, it's a mock draft. I'll take Marquise Brown. And so Cortland Sutton does finally go, so does Clyde edwards Lair. I'm on the clock. And the sun god goes. Yeah. Uh, Amon Ra, St. Brown. Um, Brandon Cooks is still out there. I had Brandon Cooks last year. Um, frankly, I like him here again. I think he's a very undervalued wide receiver, just in the grand scheme of things. He doesn't play on a high-powered offense, but someone's got to catch the passes, and when you're down by 14 to 21 every week. Sure. I mean, the, frankly, like it should be said, the Texans were more competitive last year than they ever should have been. With Davis Mills, like they hung in some games, they almost beat the Patriots at one point. Did they beat the Patriots? I'm not gonna lie, I don't think I, I watched a single Houston Texans game last year. Oh, that's right. I was pretty invested with Brandon Cooks, to be honest. But that's about the only reason why I probably should take a running back at this point, but I will not and take Brandon Cooks. And so now, Team 14 is sitting nice with three running backs: Chubb, Fournette, and Damien Harris. Uh, but no wide receivers yet. Bold move. Now we got Noodle on the clock. You know, he does not have a wide receiver yet. That is true. There, there are some wide receivers that I like coming up. Adam Thielen, he's always going to get touchdowns, right? Kirk loves throwing in the ball in the red zone. Darnell Mooney could be a nice breakout candidate. I really like Darnell Mooney. He, he pops with a lot of advanced analytics. Uh, aside from that... It's kind of up in the air as to, like, who I really want. I could reach on a running back and get someone like Chase Edmonds, but I feel like that's a bit too early. Chase Edmonds is 
kind of the last starter. Yeah, you really do start to see how after three rounds of drafting, there really are no running backs available that are super desirable. Yeah, which is why getting a running back early is kind of a good idea. But I made the mistake last year of not getting a top-tier wide receiver, so I think this year I'm going to get a top-tier wide receiver in Darnell Mooney, I believe. Probably the only I mean, true wide receiver one there. You could argue Michael Thomas, but coming off an injury, you're not too sure. And Rashad Bateman down the line that just got drafted. And so now we're all the way back to Jason. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I have two running backs and a wide receiver and Deontay Johnson. Um, so I could take Dak Prescott here. I also have my pick of Adam Thielen is still there, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Traylon Burks, Gabriel Davis. Um, I don't know. There are definitely good options out here. You also have Tony Pollard if you're in need of a running back. Um, What I can see here is I'm glad that I took a running back early. Um, Adam Thielen will work alongside Justin Jefferson. Um, Thielen's been... Pretty consistent over the last uh, couple of years when healthy. Um, so I- I'm satisfied that he fell to me, and I'll take him here. So Dak Prescott actually goes. Yep, Prescott and then Tony Pollard. So Prescott I'm not too surprised about. Tony Pollard was a bit down on the board, so I'm a little bit uh, surprised that he went, but um, not, a, not a big deal here. Um yeah, so I have my choice of a couple of different guys. I I usually don't go quarterback this early, but because it's a mock draft against computers, um, quarterbacks are kind of going fast and furious. Um, I have my choice between Russell Wilson and Tom Brady. Um, I'm going to make a move that some people might not like, I'm taking Tom Brady over Russell Wilson. I mean, and Russell Wilson goes almost immediately after that. It's not a terribly controversial take. Yeah, I I, I like what we know over what we don't know, and um, yeah, yeah, we and know so Tom then, Brady. Uh, it's now Josh's turn after five straight wide receivers go, starting with the most mid wide receiver of all time, Gabriel Davis. I hate him so much. I I mean, to be fair, he did. Not a whole lot last season before catching four touchdowns in the playoff game, which frankly might have been the best game in NFL history. But doing that once doesn't make you a top 25 wide receiver in fantasy. Still lost that game, too. Pretty ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Eric trying to run insult to injury there. Ooh, this this is tough. Do I trust my boy Elijah from last year? Who carried me to the playoffs single-handedly, it seemed. The ADP, two for Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson are very close to each other. Yeah, it's... Is Zach Wilson going to be as bad as he was last year? The answer is probably. Reports out of camp show that he, he is already struggling. He's matured so much. Oh, he's Just, into mature people. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> See, Elijah Moore isn't mature enough for him. It's fair. That is is a good point. Yeah, I didn't think of that. He's going to need an oldie. Like, maybe they should get Wes Welker. That's what they need. But there is still Chase Edmond. Chase Edmond did fall. I was looking at him last round. 
He's here again. Same with the sirens. They're also here. Uh, so, uh, man, having three good running backs is kind of, kind of my thing. It's kind of my kink. I'm going to do that. I'm going to take Chase Edmonds. So Josh takes a third running back. Is that? Yeah, three running backs in five rounds. Um, it comes now to me. I have three wide receivers, one running back. I'm starting to realize maybe I don't love that team composition. But running backs that are out there, you've got Melvin Gordon. You've got James Cook, which I know really nothing about. I believe he's a rookie on the Bills. Is he going to start? Sleeper says no. Devin Singletary is. I assume Devin Singletary has been drafted already. There's also reports coming out of camp that Zach Moss is still going to get some work. So it might be a three-pronged backfield. He's also Delvin Cook's brother. Really? Mm -hmm. Well, that's fascinating. Um, However, I'm going to take the Broncos' de facto starter in Melvin Gordon and lock in my RB2 slot. Which then leads us to Eric sitting pretty balanced with two wide receivers, two running backs. Should we go? Should we go six rounds? Yeah, I think we yeah. can do that. You should have the base of your team by then. Oh, for me, it's telling me to take Dawson Knox. Had him last year. Picked him up on waivers and might have been one of the best waiver wire pickups of all time. Just kidding. I don't yeah, mind. And, he, and that that is a joke. That is yeah, a joke. that is yes. a joke. I, sitting here, I could either go depth at running back, wide receiver. I don't like any of these running backs. James Cook, I would treat Buffalo like a Patriots um, running back committee right now. Not great. Michael Carter is an RB2. Ronald Jones, RB2 for the same reason. If you wanted a little bit more value, I think you would go Ronald Jones here. But for me, I think I'm going to go tight end here. Dawson Knox, it's not like a great... Potential. I, a lot of his production last year came from touchdowns. He did get an injury. He was on pace to be one of the top tight ends if he didn't get his finger injured. But still, it's such an explosive offense out of Buffalo. I'm going to take him. If everything goes to plan, Zach Ertz gets taken right oh, after. Team 20 gets their second tight end. That is that interesting. Is, I swear, if any of you go with the second tight end, before I was going to say, back. before a running back, that would be... That would be one heck of a strategy. Now, to be fair, Rafi was one of the only teams, I think, in league history to go with a double tight end set on a regular basis last season, and he was also the only team to beat Jason the entire year. So, make of that what you will. The Mark Andrews, Mike Jasicki stack uh, apparently had some product value, but I don't know. It's hard to see the Hawkinson-Ertz flex being the move to go with, but, you know, Eric's back on the clock. For me, here, sixth round, don't have a quarterback yet. I have almost all my starting positions, two running backs, two wide receivers, tight end. Looking at quarterback, ADP's telling me Aaron Rodgers. I don't know how much I like him from a fantasy perspective, and that's coming from a pretty hardcore Green Bay Packers fan. When you have Trey Lance there, which has a little more of a ticing of a pick now that it's most likely that um, Garoppolo is going to be out. I think in our actual fantasy football draft, I'd play it safe, take Aaron Rodgers. But the fact that this is a mock, I'm just going to take the sexy pick here. I'm going to go with Trey Lance. 
So then Aaron Rodgers ends up going right before me. And so I'm I'm looking down two running back, three wide receivers set right now. And the quarterbacks on the board are Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Justin Fields, and Tua. None of whom, I mean, I think really it is a dart throw as to which of these four has the better year. Once you get out of like that top 10, I mean, I don't think anyone could even tell you that they're going to have a better year than, say, Jameis Winston or maybe Matt Ryan, if you want to be optimistic. Are you, are you trying to talk ago. down on my boy Derek Carr, Hall of Famer Derek Carr? Let's see. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I guess maybe you bump, bump. I'm guessing Carr's stock is bumped a little bit with the addition of Devontae Adams in the offseason. That's the only thing I can think of. It kind of sucks, too. When you're in this position here where you're stuck with kind of these Tier 3, Tier 4 quarterbacks, it's when you got to think about, do I take one of these and do I invest in Deshaun Watson after, given that there's a six-game suspension? Because I don't think any of these QBs could really win you a league. But and the reality is if you have any type of moral code, the answer is absolutely not. Right. But, but the reality is that at the end of the day, someone will leave the draft with Sean Watson on their team. It's, it's going to be whoever auto-drafted. Most likely, it will be someone who auto-drafted. Or it'll be one of the select few of the league who will use it as an opportunity to perhaps rebrand from one of their current team names that we will not say on the podcast so that you can run for office someday. Uh, and then instead here, we'll look at, you know, honestly, maybe we'll take the shot with I honestly I like Kirk Cousins here more. He's been very consistent over the last five years. He's got two stellar wide receivers, a solid tight end, a good running back. So we'll take Kirk Cousins. He's got a new offensive coordinator too. New head coach. Yeah, and a new head coach. coach. All right. What do I got here? Sleepers telling me a bunch of gobbledygook. All right. I'm not taking Alan Lazard at this point. I don't care what Aaron Rodgers says. I'm not taking Russell Gage at this point. Bunch of gobbledygook. Julio Jones signed. What I am going to take is the Muth. I need a tight end, and I got faith. Josh takes Pat Fryer Muth. That brings us then all the way back to Jason. A slew of more wide receivers are gone. Mm-hmm. A couple tight ends. Yeah, so um, because they took Tom Brady... Uh, in the last round, I have no need for Derek Carr. Um, so basically, the top running backs on the board, Ronald Jones, James Robinson. Top wide receivers, Michael Gallup, uh, Jameson Williams. Uh, you also have Alexander Madison. Um, I don't know. This is classic mid-tier running back, mid-tier wide receiver. Just basically pick one. Um I'll take a flyer on Ronald Jones here, see if he can uh, carve out some carries with uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire still in the backfield. And so we will kind of wrap up the mock draft there. Just quick, everyone, look through the teams. Are there any of them that really stand out to you, teams that really look ideal? Uh, I see Team 8 drafted six wide receivers to start their draft. Oh, damn, that might actually be Mark. Yeah, so Mark, um, if you're looking to double down on last year's strategy of wide receivers in the first four or five rounds, um, they said, I see you and raise you one higher. Uh, that might be the most ridiculous of them all. I, see, I mean, a lot of these sleeper mock drafts aren't great. Team 16 is two running backs, two wide receivers, and then Matt Stafford and Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah, they're the second team to have two quarterbacks so far. Team 1 also has two. 
Team 16 is basically like what happens if you go to Blackjack and you buy the insurance. Yeah. Nothing good is going to happen. It's very fair. I mean, you could look to trade one. Yeah. You shouldn't be looking to trade if you, like while you're drafting. It's just not something you want to do. Yeah, historically, the double quarterback with the intent to trade has not gone over super well. Um, but, hey, you never know. Maybe this is the year to give it a whirl. Team 14 actually does have four starting running backs. They got Nick Chubb, Leonard Fournette, Damian Harris, and Rashad Penny. And I know that Harris and Penny might be in timeshares, but that's still some value there, you know? It is, but uh, they've got Chase Claypool as their wide receiver one, which... That worked out well for me last year. It's not the end of the world, by any means. I went sub-500, but hey, it worked out well. I had fun. Mm Mm-hmm. Something like that. Of course, we should congratulate Josh for getting his first ever playoff win last season. It was big. You know, I, I stomped yeah. Hunter by 10 points. Something like that. It was and very impressive. It, it really was. Um, also, probably should mention Jason, reigning champion. It's been a long off offseason. Uh, hopefully, this season's a short one. Get the trophy out of his hands into somebody else's. Where is the trophy, by the way? Is it still in Madison? It's in Madison. I'll be uh, bringing it to its rightful home in Chicago um, sometime next week. We'll see. This is an all-live show in Chicago. If you guys ever swing by, you can always be a part of the podcast in Chicago. Please do. You can. Uh, We actually have a consolidation of uh, team owners in Chicago, as it so happens. Um... I guess the market seemed right for the pickings. And so, I mean, you couldn't even just do, talk about like doing divisions by location. I mean, you have to have like three divisions of seven teams at that point just to fit all the teams into a Chicago division. But I thought uh, we could also run down the referendum results yes. in case anyone missed uh, that announcement. So first off, we had a vote to only allow referendum topics to be voted on every other season which failed on a 7-13 to 13 vote. That was closer than I expected it to be. That should have never been as close as it was. Yeah, so that was definitely a vote that was not close. It was over pretty quickly, actually, as you had the people who voted early are often the ones who propose a lot of the topics that are obviously opposed to that. But it was actually probably the last five or six people who I think tend to probably roll their eyes when they see that there's 18 topics voted on on a regular basis that went... Yeah, maybe we don't need to vote on whether we need defensive players individually every single year. Uh, So that one was for them, definitely. The vote to implement a last place punishment, one of the two votes to actually pass 15 to 5. Still a public comment period open for what the punishment will be. Josh has a pretty clever idea. Yeah, I had an idea. First of all, the problem with most fantasy football punishments is that no one actually does it. I think that we've all been in the league in the past where, like, we've dished out a punishment and just no one got around to doing it. Whether it's the IHOP challenge or you got to take the SAT again or something like that. So I thought, let's do something that I could probably coerce someone into doing, which is you got to hop on the podcast and do an interview with us. The entire episode where we just roast you. And if it's one of us, I'm going to be really sad. Because that's just going to be a boring podcast. Well, this is a normal podcast. Yeah. Really, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So In that case, we'll have to bring on everyone else and have them also roast those people. Maybe get like a collage at the end we could do roasting them. We could do like a, a phone bank or a, a telethon, whatever they're called. Yeah. See, I got an idea. The loser has to get egged by everyone in the league. You still need to get egged. And you see, Eric still has an outstanding egging. 
from what 2018 was a while, 2019 yeah, was a few 2019 years ago. yeah from Sydney fun Think. fact we may or may not be doing it over draft weekend this year Sid's bringing eggs so that's right if you are interested in coming to Chicago for the draft uh, please let us know uh, we'll be making sure people confirm that RSVP coming up the draft date of course uh, how could you have possibly forgotten is August 20th it's a Saturday at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. So uh, don't forget that's Central Time. Good to know our commissioner is on top of things. On top of things, yes. You know, having moved recently from Jersey, you know, the East Coast to what is Central Time, yeah, that's what's really throwing me off here for <laughs> right now. Yeah, I'm That's sure. it, yep. So moving on to a vote that has failed for the last eight years as we head into Season 9 is the vote to include individual defensive players it did rise to four four yays against 16 nays this time around. The vote to change scoring system failed and will remain half point PPR. It almost got a full 10 votes to the half point, but you had seven for PPR, four to return to traditional. Nothing too outside of the ordinary there. It's remained pretty balanced over the last several years. The big one here that I'm sitting with three ardent pro free agent acquisition budget individuals who I'm sure have thoughts on the fact that this yes once again failed 9 to 11 on the brink of passing before heartbreaking defeat any retroactive comments I, I think I've said everything I need to say over the past seven years at this point it's just I'm disappointed in all of you you should be sad you are sad you're bad and there's your condescending elite yet again We'll say almost every new league that I'm in does fab, and I it's just more about there's more freedom in it. I think this is just a very traditional league. We've been doing it for like nine plus years. I don't think too many leagues make it past then, if we're being honest, with the same amount of people and retention that we have. But almost every new league I'm in does fab. Only the really boring, just like, hey, we're going to set up a draft time, no one checks this, it's really lame, but the winner gets, like, $20. They do, like, waivers and stuff. It's not cool. Fab is where you want to be. you got to be hip. We're still in our 20s here. We can deal with waiver orders when we're in 40s. Let's Let's just try something new. We're so close. We need two more votes. Well, actually, one person in the circle did vote for Fab. This is true. I actually have not voted for Fab any of the previous years. Uh, I I don't know what to tell you other than that Fab is not freedom. Fab is a lie. Yeah, I I don't know what we're still doing here. (laughs) (laughs) Do some of you not understand what freedom is? Are you out of your darn minds? Holy catch. Get him. Oh, get him. 11 people vote against it? Get him. <laughs> Do you want Mark to win? There's a reason why Mark's name is on that trophy. Holy <laughs> cow. That trophy is sacred. I should know. I'm on it. So, so Jason, are you saying that this vote is directly targeting Mark? Yeah. Okay, and so... You approve of trades, or not necessarily trades, I'm sorry, uh, referendum proposals that directly target individuals. No, it's not directly <laughs> targeting Mark. What it's doing can we, can we is record that 30 advantage. So, <laughs> 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 
Reel me this. You're getting a preview of what's coming. What the heck is going on here this season? <laughs> Are y'all nuts? Holy cow. So, okay. It's not that big of a change for our league. We don't have rolling waivers. They, players don't go back on waivers after... You won't use all your fab, I promise. You don't need to look that much into it. Trev, I'm talking to you. <laughs> If for some reason this is the first podcast you listen to, first off, welcome. We're glad to have you here. Second off, what are you doing? Ask ask for help if you don't understand it. Next year we'd better pass. I will say, on the defense of people who vote against it, I think at the beginning when you do fab, I think more often the more experienced people will know how much to auction, like the right amount. I think they're also going to be more apt to being more aggressive with Fab to begin with when there are, like, clear-cut starters that need to happen. For, like, instance, two years ago with, like, James Robinson, when he becomes a clear-cut RB1, I think more of the experienced members would probably be more apt to putting in a higher, like, 30% of your Fab budget on it, whereas more people are just like, I'm just going to put in a request. If I get him, that's fine. If not, and that... I understand that perspective, but it's still, once you get over that small hump, Fab is just so much better overall. When you have people like Mark who just hawk the waivers, and they have those the waiver priority from the draft to get James Robinson right off the bat, which is a really dumb system to begin with because waiver priority after the draft should not be a thing. It's really dumb. It's just, you gotta get you got to be comfortable with a little bit of change. We all it's are. not just about change, though, because you have teams where I think part of this league that makes it so great is that even when you're sitting in 20th place after week six, you're not out. Because we, well, historically we had 12 teams that made the playoffs. Like, you were never out of the playoffs fully eliminated until week 10, week 11. Heck, now it's not until the last week of the regular season. You're never truly eliminated anymore. And so, like, that's the direction we as a league decided to go, where you're never truly eliminated and so, really, waiver priority resetting every week gives those lower-ranked teams an opportunity to come back, and that's what's led to, I think, some of like the great stories that we've had in the league, where it's not just dominated by the top 25%, the top two teams. I mean, albeit, yes, we've had our fair share of like one, two-seed championship matchups, but the number of times we're like, I, and I, will, I will say this, something that I have a hard time reckoning with is how in the playoffs you reconcile with the lower-seeded teams having waiver priority. That, I will concede, is that once you're in the playoffs, hopefully, I wish there was a better way to change that. But as far as, like, the regular season, I think that just it keeps people engaged knowing that if you have a high waiver priority, you can get a better player and try to turn your season I think we should just start rebranding it. Enough fab, enough web. This is happy fun time budget. I'm having a happy, good time when I have fab, so we should just call it right, that. But why should the top 20% of teams get the same amount of money as the lower 20 But at the same time, you're also, like, so semi- well, Let's just say how the waiver wire is welfare for the lower-ranked teams. Like, and you want to strip that away because you guys, as higher-ranked teams, are unhappy that whoa, other whoa, people... Whoa, 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 whoa. First of all, I've been a bad team the last three years. This is true. This is true. Second of all... To your point about people never really being eliminated. I'm pretty sure I was eliminated in week six two years ago. That was two years ago. We have since gone from 12 to 16 playoff teams. And also now the last playoff team gets in on points four. They are playoff teams. 
let's forget about Mark here. <laughs> Mark's a pretty likable guy. You know who's not likable right, see, in the league? Me. You know who no, won you... last year when we didn't have Fab? Me. Do you want that to happen see, I again? Just, I don't understand how you put Mark as the, like, the anti-poster child of this campaign. Everyone loves Mark. Yeah. You don't win a political campaign by putting the most popular person up as your attack. Pre- pretend like a vote for Fab is a vote against me winning again. Do whatever you can. We'll see. Mark's got a lot of heat. I think a lot of it, at least for me, stems from James Robinson. But, but I think it was you guys hate him for being an active football player. Well, I'm saying right now, like, a lot of his waiver pickups come uncontested, too, is, like, the thing. Where, like, no, no one... So they contest waiver. them! Well, that's the thing. That's why I'm, I'm saying Mark's got a lot of heat. I think a lot of it, for me, especially, is because James Robinson, he got the higher waiver priority, and I, I'm 100% convinced by James Robinson that year. I would have probably won. I'm not going to get into the statistics about that. But Mark does make a lot of waiver claims uncontested, and I think he gets a lot of heat, especially from Jason, who just points him out. Uh, do we but even know if Mark voted against Fab? He might have voted see, for it. Yeah. He very well might have. Yeah. Uh, we don't actually release. Because of Hippo a lot. Hippo, but we can't speak on yeah. it. Mark my words. <laughs> no new taxes. Oh. So, moving on to something... Sl- Far less controversial, actually it was about as equally controversial, but actually passed, was the vote to expand bench size from 5 to 6, which effectively means that on top of adding in an IR spot last year, you've now effectively had another 20 players that won't be available on waivers anymore. Yeah, I hate that. I We need more chaos. We need more waiver pickups. We need more useless players in the league. I The thing with... Bench size, especially in a league like this where it's redraft, is you want to stick with the people that you draft. And when there's too much turnover, I think when you're forced to make decisions about people that, especially that you've drafted and you want to hold on to, it just, there's a lot of dissonance that comes with it when you have to keep dropping players that you do draft for like temporary fixes. I think if you're holding on to a project, that's what I like about dynasty benches. You usually get a larger bench because when you draft them, you can hold on to them. You can see them develop, taxi squad type stuff. But when it comes to redraft and you have such a small bench for so many players and you draft people and they're just long-term projects, it kind of sucks that you have to drop them for temporary fixes for your team. That's why I like IR spots. IR spots are great because if you have a top ten, like a top-tier player that you can just throw on the IR spot and keep, you don't have to make tough decisions down the lane. Yeah, but I like the tough decisions being made. Yeah. Well, we'll let Eric take that victory lap along with Jason. Uh, they pushed for it. They won. Um, something that Eric, I think, thought would equally have good chances of passing but did not was the vote to remove the Week 13 playing game, essentially, in extra week of playoffs. It failed 6-14, to 14, which really shows that people do like that Week 13 play-in game, that extra round of the playoffs. Gives me a chance to win a playoff game. And Josh did win a playoff game for the first time ever. Took eight seasons. All it took was a bonus round of the playoffs. Notice the phrasing here. They're saying playoff game, not well, okay. play-in all right, game, all right. because so it is a playoff a, it game. Is, it is de facto a playoff. However, it is a playing game because of the fact that NFL.com will not allow us to have a fifth week of playoffs. Just saying, you're allowing the number one seed to have two bye weeks. As they should. They should I, not. That's way too many weeks yeah, but to have that, 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 I, 
The, the week 13, though, they're just playing a regular... It's not like there's a way to make the one seed yeah. play the eight seed that week anyways. But it... Well, think about Debo right. last year. If, if, if I had to deal with no play-in tournament, I wouldn't have had Debo for a playoff game. All right. That, that doesn't make any sense. But um, now on to the next... Are you talking about bye weeks? No, he got hurt. Okay. Yeah. All right. He was out for two weeks. Well, um, I think Garoppolo threw him a suicide ball. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the vote to change the way playoff matchups are determined, um, where teams would get to choose who they play if they were the higher seed, that failed narrowly, nine to eleven, and will remain to just low seed as auto paired to the higher seed. I would just like to point out, I do have a little bit of experience it's, running a challenge style tournament. Hamilton East debate. Yes. Yeah. It was the second largest in-state debate tournament for a year. Yeah. And it went pretty well. It was a good time. Yeah. yeah. I think there would just be a lot more... If you had to look someone in the in the group chat, hypothetically in the eyes, and say, I want to face you and not anyone else, I think that would be... There's a lot more just, like, intimacy there. Like, if I was just like, I choose Jason because I want to play him because his team sucks ass. Like... <laughs> That is what gets people fired up. I think you should be able to choose your matches. Like, it's just random chance. Like, last year, it was just random chance that you and I played in the playoffs. Yeah. To be fair, this would basically give me an extra buy every year because I would get my normal buy, and I would get a buy because I would get to play Eric. I cannot wait until your team blows up. I cannot wait until your team blows up. I mean, the, the only detriment is that, like, the two seed could be forced to play the one seed against their will. Yeah, yeah. And, and that sounds that, fun. that feels right. It's tough to tell a division winner you don't get to even choose who you play. But in that first round of playoffs, it wouldn't happen. No, the three seed would get to choose between right. the four, five, and six. But then you're saying the next round, the one seed would get to choose between the two and then either of the wild card but teams. It, the only time that would ever be a scenario is if the second team is a banged up team, anyways. Like, because like a, as a one seed, you would never pick the second best team if they're like a completely healthy team. That's too much of a coin flip. But if you're the highest ranked team and you can see that there's a weak second round team, I feel like you should have that luxury if you think that you have the better odds to win against that second seed team compared to like an eighth seed team that miraculously wins. I think you should have that option. Plus, it gives us a chance to all get together one last time and have the the second playoff lottery where no Fair one shows enough. up for this again. Honestly, yeah. Um, that being said, we we are discussing a lot here. Things that have failed that, I don't know, I guess in hindsight you could say maybe we should have pushed for more in the past. But, you know, there's always next year because the first proposal failed that you can't propose things year after year. So, uh, the vote to ban trade vetoes failed 4-16. to 16. No surprises there. The vote to return the final playoff spot to a standard tiebreaker, that failed 11-9. to 9. That was confusing wording, as some people pointed out. Basically, I was under the impression last year that people didn't like the idea where the final slot got given to the team with the highest points for out of the three teams remaining. I was wrong. Glad to hear that. I like it. Like Alright, well, we'll take it. The vote to remove the draft lottery also failed... Um, sounds like there's some compromise on the horizon where instead of it being like pooled based off of last year's finish, it's just a draft lottery, but completely random, not totally random where it's just, you just assign a number to everyone, but it's random where everyone still gets to choose their slot, but it's random in which order 
in yeah. which they get to choose. That's for, yeah. I would do that. Yeah, because I think people enjoy getting to choose their draft slot, and it's effectively the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Whether you do it just random where everyone's assigned versus assigned in order to choose their draft slot. As long as you keep the camaraderie, I think it'll keep people happy. But when you think about a draft lottery at its basis, it's to prevent tanking, and there's no reason to <laughs> tank in a 20-man redraft league. Well, not anymore, now that we have the punishment. Well, not, well that's true, <laughs> that's true. You do bring up a point. So, alright, conversations for the year ahead, ahead of our 10-year anniversary season. But before we get ahead of ourselves, we still have number nine. Uh, the vote to designate a head coach failed 9-11. to 11. The vote to add punters failed 6-14. to 14. And then two of the big ones here at the end, the vote to ban Eric failed 10-10. Uh, to 10. Jason, you you said before it was about Mark, the fab argument. This one was clearly about Eric that you proposed. I don't think you can shy away from that comment. Yeah, so, okay. Um, so with, uh, with this pick, um, with this... What vote? <laughs> with this vote, I just don't know how it would have been legislated... Um, we can't even get people to vote on referendum items when you need no, to. No, hey, hey, we had a full 100% vote on yeah, all referendum after items. two weeks. Okay. That's pretty darn good. That's you, pretty you darn good. You think we're going to get four-fifths to respond for a trade in but, uh, this was, two this days? Was this is about yeah, actually about me. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. not always about you. It's not yeah. always about you. <laughs> this, no, is true. this is what it is. You didn't. Draft me in the division uh, for picking your own divisions. It's very clear that he wants me out of the league because he knows I can beat him. That's literally it. It's a hundred percent what it is. Well, no, it's ban you, but you still play. Yeah, we need to <laughs> no, ban him. That was not specified at the time he brought that up. He wanted me out of the league. And honestly, there's a fun thing to maybe throw out there. This is something that I've heard from one of my leagues. Uh, not one of my leagues. One of the podcasts I listen to. But it's a league where. There are thir- there are twelve teams, but thirteen people, and the winner of the league kicks out a person for a year. Man, Eric, I think that the twenty people is kind of tough, and I think if you kick someone out of this league, they just probably where are we going to find an extra person? But, no, that's fair. I, I'm just saying it's kind of a fun little thing. But Jason obviously does not want me in the league because I think I want to. I all time win rate. I think we're tied. You are regular season all time win rate. Season, yes. Big big asterisk next to the regular season all time win rates. I think Jason just scared me. It shows. Uh, if Eric is so attached to Tyler Bass that he is willing to give up a shot at the title, he deserves to be banned. Let's face it. And so, Jason, it should be said that you kind of reactionarily put the vote to ban Eric in response to a proposal that you should be banned from trading. However, I do want to point out, it wasn't Eric that made that proposal. It was yeah. actually Adithia. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you have any comment specifically to Adithia? Yeah, so Adithia's got some buyer's remorse. Um, you think? <laughs> that was the worst ever. So here's the deal, though. We all remember how bad Allen Robinson was last year. The trade that I wanted... What's Jonathan Taylor and Allen Robinson? We, we don't need right, to mitigate that. Yeah, yeah, Adithia talked me yeah. into things all I could do was humbly accept when I'm offered a trade. 
I am offered a trade. And so what am I going to do? In fact, Jason, so, Jason is still playing defense on this almost a calendar year later should tell you all that you need to know. Um, Adithia was the one playing defense after the trade went through. I was driving. The only problem with that vote is we now have to send out PSAs on a regular basis to not trade with Sydney Jason. Sydney and I have already been doing that for the past like three years and never gets through to anyone's freaking heads because people still... The fact that Adithia made the trade, like, we were always like, don't accept trades from Jason, talk to people, ask anyone, you could ask me, Jackson, you can ask Noodle, don't ask Jason, ask us, is this a fair trade? I've had Adam, Adam is great with this, Adam is <laughs> trade, Adam, is this trade? In this nonprofit organization, Adam is a model <laughs> he's user. Model. He's like, hey, is this a fair trade? I'll give him my honest opinion. Yes, no, and he will be the one to say it is non. It's a non-biased opinion that I give him. That's perfect. Adithia just out of his own, like just I don't know what he's doing. Hey, Jason, this trade is horrible. Here's horrible. a spoiler alert, though. Eric's answer to whether a Jason trade is ever fair is always no. <laughs> Eric's rivalry with me is just as big as the one I have with him. If Eric had the chance to ban me. You wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. That wasn't on the referendum this year. Jason, I enjoyed playing you. You just... Eric, are you willing to go on the record to say whether you voted to ban Jason from trading? I did the forfeits proposal. I will say that. I would like to go on the record and say I also did forfeits. I think that's fair. Alright, well, it was a 50-50 vote, essentially, from people who wanted to ban Jason from trading in some form. Um, From a legislative standpoint, I said, no, we're not banning people from trading. Because that sets a dangerous precedent for a lot of obvious reasons. Um, democracy prevails. I love democracy. <laughs> All I'm saying, my trade doors are always open. <laughs> Please close them. <laughs> Come on and in. So here's to seeing Happy what Kevin's will happen next year. <laughs> so um, to wrap up, I mean, I think we kind of just started straight out of the gates with the mock draft. Went into the referendum. Should we talk about just briefly the divisions that we have set yep, looking sure at it? So um, this past year, Jason had the best record in the league, won his division at 11-1. Jacob me. was second at 10-2. I think Mark finished 8-4, and four, and I also won my division at 8-4. and four. And So the four of us got together for a serpentine snake draft of the remaining 16 owners of the league. And as it shook out, Jason, do you want to announce... Your division, it is all yeah. inputted on NFL.com if anyone wants to see it. Yeah, so my division consists of me, Adam, Trevor, Christian, and Blake. Which, if you recall from last season, is essentially identical, uh, except for Blake is in there instead of Travis. I have some concerns that Jason has two teams in that division, uh, seeing as he will inevitably just control Trevor's team halfway through the year. Hey, Travis is his own person. He can do what he wants. See, you yeah. The funny thing about this is Jason talks about how he's a bye week when it comes to choosing your opponent in the playoffs because he just choose me. He didn't choose me in his division. I just think that's kind of funny. <laughs> and he had the chance to as well. This is fair. Eric, Eric, Jason had three chances, in fact. He, yeah. He passed on all of them. He's scared. So, uh, Division 1, that's Jason's division, is paired with Division 2. <laughs> And so those two will form Conference 1. So remember, all those teams will vie for one of the championship slots. That is Mark, Michael, Travis, 
Rafi and Linnea. So Rafi and Linnea kept together in the same division, I think for the third or fourth straight year. Third straight year. Bunch of dark horses in that division. It really is. I mean, this 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 conference one is a wide open path. It seems like Mark's won a championship. Rafi's won a championship. And Michael's won a championship. Yeah, and so honestly, when you look at it, um, I think it's seven of the eight championship winners come from conference one. So Mark has done this before. Drafted a bunch of winners. Rafi did it last year. Uh, I mean, Rock made it to the semifinals. Mark made it to the semifinals. It'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. So, then down in Division Three, uh, Jacob has put together a division of individuals who, frankly, have only combined two or three total division wins in all eight seasons. And so it'll be fun to see who comes out on top on this one. We've got Tom, Adithia, Jacob, Hunter and Sam. Um, aside from Jacob's championship appearance last year, no other championship appearances between any of these teams. Out of these five, is there anyone you guys think that who has the best shot to make a run for the title this year, not knowing their team? I may be biased. I'm going to say Tom because I've never beaten Tom's team. I'm his rival for some reason, and I found out like two weeks ago. Not very <laughs> yes. good against him. Not very good at all. I think I go Tom too. When I look at all these teams, I think Adithia got turned off on this league pretty early after the trade with Jason. I it does The like, reality is he drafted an incredible team. He, he did. Yes, he did. That, that's very fair. I We'll see how he drafts this time around. Adithia's never been a person that... I don't think I've lost too many times. I shouldn't... I guess I don't really keep track of overall performance. But when I look at the rest, like Hunter... Hunter had the, an okay team. When I look at... Uh, when I look at... Uh, Rick Sam, sorry, sorry, Sam. Um, he had a pretty miserable um, year last year, and then also with um, Jacob. I think Jacob got on a pretty miraculous run last year. He should have been the winner. When I uh, when I think of regressing to the average, I think that's uh, I think that's just due. It's, I like Tom a lot. It does look like Jacob just rebuilt the division that Eric had that Jacob dominated. To be fair, last year um, dominated it. In quotes, please. I, he went ten and two and beat you on points four. So again, I mean, you can say it was a miraculous streak. And to be fair, Jacob pulled out probably four or five like one to six point wins. So I mean, he he made it work when it counted, but still outscored the points four. Maybe uh, this division has underperformed in the past outside of Jacob. Kudos to you, second place last year. You almost did it. Um, but maybe they have underperformed because they haven't had a fire lit under them. And that might be because they haven't had the poster board material to uh, hang their season on. So I'm going to make a bold claim as to who will make the championship. None of the above. Prove me wrong. <laughs> well, so Jason saying people were down and then kicking them <laughs> in the face. Mm -hmm. Alright, which then leads us to the fourth and final division, which includes RJ, Noodle, Eric, Sydney, and myself. Why did you do this to us? This is a horrible division. Why did you do this? Because basically I took all the people that think they're the best at fantasy football, but the only one with a title right now is Sydney. So I again, I say for that title too. And you lost. I did lose. Yes. And you have to get egged. In fact, actually, we actually have the losingest championship record 
in our division. I would like to say, and it doesn't get forgotten, there. I, I'd say I have half a championship because I drafted. Blake's okay, team no, this is not how this works. I'm just saying. <laughs> Eric, Eric, that's what someone who hasn't won a championship says. I will say, I have a Facebook message that Blake sent me that's saying he would split the earnings with me if he won that year, and he did. He never split the earnings with me. Um, so I. Do you want to file a lawsuit? I I do have Facebook messages to prove it, but well, I have faith that I'll win this year and just make it back anyways. All right. Well, perhaps Noodle can write a brief about it that ends up being. Longer than our topic for what the heck's going on here today, Jason. Oh yes. So, uh, do we save it? No. No, we have to. We have to dump it all. It's hot. Yeah, it's, it is hot. Yeah. So okay. What the so heck is going on here? <laughs> this. <clears throat> The independent arbiter, disciplinary officer, disciplinary officer, thank you, was supposed to fix things. Why? Mechanic? Why are we here? <laughs> oh, Sorry. 66 women have alleged to have received. Instagram messages from Deshaun Watson asking for massages. Um, frankly, the, the, the number doesn't matter, even if it's just one. We should care about this, and we should punish it. The NFL for years has had an issue with this sort of thing. They have no issue with banning players for gambling, a la Calvin Ridley, full season, he's gone. They have no problem with banning for substance abuse, Josh Gordon, roughly six seasons, he's gone. Those are different parts of the personal conduct file policy, I understand that. Six games? That's .2 games per allegation levied against Deshaun Watson. Now, the NFL is, uh, is looking at the facts of the case right now to determine whether to appeal. And under the way that it's laid out right now, Deshaun Watson misses six games. Some opponents include the Jets, among some other teams. It also includes the Patriots and the Chargers. He doesn't have a fine levied against him. And the Browns, Dee and Jimmy Haslam, in all their infinite wisdom, looked past that, well, made sure of this issue by making sure that in his first year, Deshaun is paid a roughly a million dollars, while getting a signing bonus of $45 million that isn't affected by any suspension. So Deshaun is not impacted financially by this. Um, yeah, like, and I get it. We're going to have discussions in this year 
and future years about Deshaun Watson's fantasy relevance. He'll be very valuable to a fantasy team. Um, but, I don't know. What the heck is going on here? What are we doing? Come on. I could say quite a few things about the legal decision itself, but all I'm going to leave it with is we, we can talk about like trying to understand why the judge did what she did, but what it comes down to is she is just an evil, evil person. She voted against desegregating schools in Delaware in the 90s. I don't know why I expected any better from her. That's all I gotta say. Why? Why did we put her in charge? It really does speak to what the values of the National Football League you could say are, and people can be shocked. But the reality is that I there's all this outrage. But why? Like, why is this surprising? This is no different than how it has been for the last five years, the last ten years, certainly the last twenty or thirty years. But to to try and look someone in the eye and tell them. That yes, we punish people who gamble when they are not with their team on a game that they were not involved with. They, they, they put money on that, and that is so egregious to the integrity of our league. Or someone smoked marijuana, God forbid. That is so egregious to the integrity of our league. But that a single player could make so many terrible decisions so many disgustingly terrible decisions and impact 66 other people's life. And you can look at them and say, nah, we're fine with just giving them a minor penalty that frankly is along the same levels of what? Zico Elliott? Yeah, People who committed violent acts against other individuals regardless of who they are. It's, it's disappointing. It does suck too is... When you look at, like, a team like the Browns, like, the Browns win in this situation. Like, whether you like it or not to say it, the Browns were such a lovable franchise before this, too. Like, I'd say, like, they they were so bad that everyone wanted to see them succeed. The fact that they go in, they make this huge deal, they they win in this situation, it's just, it's hard to look at the Browns now and just be able to be a fan of them. I think I was telling you guys, too, it's like, they go away from Baker Mayfield because he's too childish, and now you have to deal with Deshaun Watson, who can't even he can't go get massages that aren't sanctioned by the team anymore. Like, that's, that's the NFL yeah, solution. The NFL solution has nothing to do with prevention of domestic assault, domestic sexual abuse. Absolutely nothing to do with the actual. They're like, you know how we're gonna solve the root cause of this problem? Deshaun just can't get massages outside of the team facility. Problem solved. He just can't resist those urges, so we'll make sure he does it for him. How does that make the team masseuses feel? That's that's fair. This sucks knowing that, like... It's about him. It's Once again, it's about him. Right, yeah. It really sucks knowing that when that news gets released, you just know Brown's personnel are just, you know... And and that's another thing, too, is that there's arguments that are often made where it's like, oh, well, when the Browns fans or when fans cheer for Deshaun, you have to separate the person on the field and that talent from who they are off the field. And the reality is just no. Mm-hmm. That That is a false flag, red herring argument to cover up these types of issues. And as much as, the, I mean, the four of us are obsessed with the NFL. Like, that's a fair statement yeah. mm-hmm. to make. Um, 
And it, it's it's interesting to think about how many players from over the years have had incidents like this um, that we do kind of overlook. Like Kareem Hunt was let go by uh, the Chiefs. He had some issues. Now we regularly talk about him as a viable player behind Nick Chubb. He's a very talented football player, but we kind of forget what has happened. Um, Zeke, Tyreek. Jameis yep. Winston had a sexual assault case. Oh, yeah, like absolutely. Years ago, too. Yeah. And, and even you look at the first few days of Brown's camp, um, Deshaun Watson was not booed in camp. He, he was got, cheered today. Exactly. He got cheers. Um, it wasn't the kind of ovation that you would expect from a player who just received the contract of his magnitude um, as their new franchise quarterback, but it was undoubtedly um, quite a few cheers. There were parents lining their kids up um, in the autograph line to uh, get pictures and autographs from Deshaun Watson. Um, the, the fact of the matter is, it, it is already um, being overlooked. Um, Kimberly Martin of ESPN uh, said on Adam Schefter's podcast earlier today that uh, it, it can, some people can tend to look to uh, the NFL and its franchises as attempting to be a moral compass. Um, and the fact of the matter is, they haven't been and they still aren't. Um, the Browns made our football team who made a football decision is what she said. Um, and frankly, they did. Um, if they get a Super Bowl out of this, good for them. But I don't know. The, the way you go about it, I, I think and hope that a lot of people have maybe lost respect for the way that the Browns have handled this. And with that, I think that we can end what the heck is going on here by just just emphasizing one last time. What the heck is going on here? Why why are we in this situation? This should have been this should have been handled. It should have been done in a timely fashion. It should have been handled like adults. And yet we're here. Hoping that Roger Goodell actually turns out to be the good guy in the end, which is a sad thought to have. It is kind of funny, though. This whole process brought by the CBA was to prevent, like, Goodell from being just the judge, jury, and prosecution, and now it's kind of like he's kind of the last hope here. Our last hope, Roger. (laughs) Save us. So, perhaps not as fun of a note to end on, but a serious one nonetheless that in case you've had a couple months off from football, you at least deserve to know about or be aware of. And I know out of a comical standpoint in the past, perhaps if a player got injured like J.K. Dobbins last year, no one would say anything until someone would become the unfortunate individual to have drafted that person or have them placed on their team with auto-draft. Um, I think this year, that's not something that's going to be hidden. I'm going to be saying, please do not draft Deshaun Watson. Please do not encourage that man or the NFL in allowing that man to continue to play. 
Heck, if it were possible, I would even propose an emergency vote to just delete him from the player pool. If Let's we play could, with I mean, it could be done. If we could, I was yeah. thinking, yeah. Uh, I, I, we'll talk, we'll talk yeah, about we'll, it. We'll talk. There might be another referendum. We'll see. So, With that, uh, thank you for tuning in to the first podcast of the year. The first of many, no doubt. Uh, this is Jackson. Zer. Jason. And Noodle. Talk to you later. Bye.